Welcome everyone to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I am joined today by Gio. Epic should be joining us later. Um, he's currently playing some Dead by Daylight. Uh, so this is episode eight. I have decided to call it Thanksgiving. I was going to probably call it originally Fake Fans, uh, only because one of my favorite uh, rappers, Tom McDonald, put out a song called Fake Fans, and it spoke uh, tremendous volumes, and it is completely uh, correct in everything that he was saying in that song, and that kind of pertains to wrestling Twitter. Because all wrestling Twitter does is negative, 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 negative. And there's, you know, no one could be wrong. Uh, I mean, well, in their eyes, they they think that everybody is wrong. Um, and they're the only right ones, you know, the that no one could tell them different. And no one could try to teach them that maybe, you know, you should think of it in this perspective rather than in your perspective. But we'll get to... Uh, negative wrestling Twitter a little bit later on uh, as we go through our main topics. Um, it might be controversial, I don't know, um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and all we need is feedback from people, and that's all. Um, so we're going to begin talking about NXT War Games. Uh, did you Were you able to watch NXT War Games? Yes, I was able to watch NXT War Games. I thoroughly enjoyed NXT War Games. Uh, NXT in itself uh, never fails to deliver. Uh, NXT always delivers um, and stuff like that. So um, I'm happy that this pay-per-view had to happen. Uh, So let's just go right through the matches and stuff like that. Um, We did not give our wrestling predictions for the NXT War Games. Or did we? No. No. No, we never heard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, just so you know, you're breaking up. You might have to start moving around the room, probably. All right. So the first opening contest of the NXT War Games was the Women's War Games, which is a first time ever in the history of WWE, in the history of NXT, and probably in the history of women's professional wrestling. Um, just in the amount of how hardcore and intense it is. Excuse me. So the first team we have Rhea Ripley, who is the team captain. You have Dakota Kai joining her. You have Candice LeRae joining her, and then Tegan Knox joining her. Tegan Knox is finally back after so long of nursing uh, a knee injury. I do not know if it was a double knee injury, but I know it was a knee injury. Um, versus Shayna's team, who is the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, Shayna is joined by Bianca Belair, uh, Kaylee Ray, who is the UK champion, and also Io Shirai. Um, from start to finish, the women were badass. Um, they took a lot of bumps uh, that you know you would normally see the men taking, which is totally cool. Um, there was a lot of physicality. There was a lot of uh, throwing people into the cage and using the weapons and trying to fight for dominance. And then we have the huge heel turn that no one was expecting. I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, Dakota Kai to become heel, but at the same time, 
it was kind of you kind of wanted it because you kind of knew what what happened to her in NXT with like you know all the bullying and you know Shayna telling her that she's not that good and stuff like that and just you know putting her down constantly 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 and then her losing so after a while it would um become you know a deal breaker where she turns heel but I don't know why she attacked Tegan Knox after Tegan Knox comes back from nursing her knee injury and I hate storylines that are like oh my god you know you came back from knee injury that's great let's re-aggravate that knee injury for you to stay out of wrestling um so yeah uh Gio do you have any knowledge as to why Dakota Kai would attack Tegan Knox? uh to the best of my knowledge no but it probably could be maybe when uh Rhea Ripley uh, chose Mia Yim over her. And uh, everybody was kind of. Give me one second. Breaking up. No, you're fine. Okay. It's just Ravage Lance is saying that all he hears is me, which is kind of weird. Um, I heard you fine when I had it on my phone. Um, I guess go ahead. It'll be fine. Uh, kinda, oh, I hear I'm you. No, you're fine. Go, go, go. Okay, so maybe. The reason why she attacked her former best friend is because Ripley chose Mia Yim over Dakota Kai, and everybody was like, sorry, Knox didn't really go to bat for her. She just put on a sad face, so maybe she felt like, you're supposed to be my best friend and stick up for me and stuff, and she wanted to, like, prove herself, and she said, like, to Mia Yim, like, I'm here to make sure that, you know, things are fair. So it was kind of maybe alluded to, but you never saw it coming. I feel like now every time when a female wrestler in WWE turns heel, the fans cheer. It's really necessary. We're going to have to walk but around. It was like a, but it was like a surprise. Yeah. The only question. I didn't hear the question. Does that process to take that spot? I don't know. Maybe we'll have. Whoa, you completely cut off. You completely cut off. No, I can't. Just very low. Okay. All right, that question that you asked, I didn't hear it. Oh. The question did the attack Mia Yim so she can take the spot just so she could turn her best. Because mm. we still don't know. Yeah, we don't. Um, Tonight is uh, NXT, so hopefully Dakota Kai will uh, answer the fans into why she decided to... Um, attack uh tegan knox and stuff like that um i thought it was very good and then it felt like it it really felt like uh nxt has all these you know children and the moment that you like act up and become angry you push you know your father per se meaning meaning william regal um 
everyone felt that everyone felt like oh my gosh she's gonna get it now type of thing um and that's what I enjoy about NXT especially from the beginning it all felt like a family and it all felt um very good um and stuff like that uh so yeah when when she shoved William Regal I was just like, oh crap, <laughs> she's gonna get, she's gonna get the shit beaten out of her and whatnot. Because you know, you don't really do that to Regal. You know, you don't push him like that. No, you don't. Yeah, touch Regal, but she did. She did. Um, luckily, uh, there wasn't a report that says that Triple H was gonna find her for you know pushing an official or in this case, pushing her general manager and whatnot. You know. Uh, how did you feel about the women's uh, War Games match? I do know that we don't have anything in reference to like compare it to, but how did you feel about it? I was all for it. It's the first time probably in the history of wrestling, I should say, that women get to structure and deadly games such as I was excited to have the opportunity to do what the men do. NXT is the pay-per-view, I should say, to showcase that. Um, So, do well. Yes. I decided, right, because after watching uh, NXT War Games, uh, I'm just going to say it now from like start to finish. Every match was like five uh, mic drops for us because this is Square Circle Podcast. So we initially do mic drops. Um, and I created this picture for everyone to see. And for those that are going to be listening to me on the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, um, if you guys remember that salt guy. The throwing salt guy meme. Uh, so, oh, that yeah, that dude. Uh, the one that just gracefully salts all his meat. Um, so, I decided to take him, take our logo, the Square Circle Podcast, that you could definitely see on this um, live stream. And I just threw our mics there because I decided to give the Women's War Games match a five star mic drop. Which is very awesome, and I'm gonna put oh, yeah. him. I'm gonna put him right here, and then just size him down, and then you guys should be able to see it on the. Uh, yeah, you guys will be able to see it soon. Um, so yeah, uh, we don't normally uh, give star ratings or mic drop ratings for any of uh, matches that we've ever seen. Um, I never really did. I never really said, oh, this match is five stars. Um, until I saw War Games and I was like, what is happening here? Um, it was one of those. So that's our picture of the five mic drop guy. I still got to come up with a name with it, but that's the idea. Um, I gave this one five mic drops uh, on a scale of one to five, Gio. What do you give it? Oh, five, five. Okay. <laughs> um, let's move on to the second match of the night uh, for the NXT War Games, which was Damian Priest 
who was known as Punishment Martinez on the Indies and also in Ring of Honor, um, versus Killian Dane and Pete Dunne. Uh, so I had originally watched Survivor Series first on Sunday and then was able to catch up on War Games after. So now I understand, you know, the outcome of this match. But, oh my God, all three of these guys, they're all different in like weight classes, in their athletic ability, their uh, arsenal and stuff like that. You have Damian Priest, who looks like a very, very young undertaker when he first started in the business. And then you have Killian Day. We all know how athletic he is for being a big guy. And then you have Pete Dunne, the bruiser weight, who goes around breaking people's fingers. And I never want that to happen. What happened? He likes to break fingers. He does. And I never want my fingers to be broken. Never. That's why I will always give him a fist bump. He can't go at my hands. I, I need I fist bump all it is. Um from start to finish. Of, hmm. What happened? You're afraid he's gonna break it. You shake it? Yeah, dude, like he's going to grab it and freaking break my fingers. Like that that traumatizes me when I see it on television. It's just like, no, I don't want you to, I don't want to shake your hand. I just want to give you a fist bump. That's all I want to do. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? That uh, from start to finish, it was a roller coaster of emotions, a roller coaster of spots, a roller coaster of um, just pure, genuine fighting for the number one contender spot to face Adam Cole for his N- for his NXT championship. Um, again, I am going to leave my uh, five mics guy there because this was a five-star match. Um, it had everything. Um, sometimes I just think that there was a, some spacing issues because Killian Dane kept dropping either his body weight and or Pete Dunne's and then both of their body weights on top of Damian Priest on like his head. So Damian Priest kept like his head kept getting hurt. But either way, um, I gave it five mics. Um, and then our winner for this match happens to be Pete Dunne. That is why Survivor Series, he fought Adam Cole. And we're going to get there. No spoilers for that. Uh, what do you think about this match overall, Gio? Oh, man. Three guys fighting contend for NXT Championship at Survivor Series. First time ever the NXT Championship being so I like it. I wasn't kind of wasn't sure who might win. I thought that Killian Dame since he's returned to NXT, he's destructive path. I thought it could. Priest, and then done probably was obvious choice. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Um, I went into this match with no expectations. Um, because once again, I have not been following WWE like that, but um, I did not think of it that way where uh, it was like Pete Dunn could have been the obvious choice. Um, and I think you mentioned something that caught my uh interests uh which I didn't hear you fully. Did you just say that um since Killian Dane is back, does that mean that um sanity is back? No, sanity unfortunately I was saying I thought San- oh Killian probably might have uh, since 
I got it. Return. He's been on warp. Yeah. Um. Which is. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Short lived. Yeah. All right. So, so I was gonna be happy that they came back, but um, yeah, it was unfortunate that they couldn't come back. Um. I don't know why. Um, I have no. Uh. I have no like knowledge as to why they broke up in the first place. I don't know where Eric Young is at and I don't know where uh the other guy is at. The wolf guy. Oh, other guy he's in UK. Oh. Walter. Oh wait, what? What you what's his name? The one that was with Sanity, the one that like we all call him like Wolf or whatever it is. Yes, I think he is UK on Walter Stable. Oh, Eric Young, I believe he got drafted. I don't see. Oh, fortunate, and it's the guy. You might have to walk around a bit. You're breaking up. Eric Young, I believe, is on Raw. Oh, uh, okay. Um, as you guys know, like I said, I'm leaving up the five mics guy. Gio, on a scale of one to five, what do you rate this match? Uh, I'm going to give it four. A four? Okay. I do have a picture for four mics as well. Um, but beautiful. Every... <laughs> what happened? I said beautiful. Yeah, I have it from one to five. So eventually we'll use it in, in our programming. Um, just for now, we're going to leave up five. Um, I'll try to figure out a way to do this. Um, the next match is Finn Balor, or Prince Balor, as he would like to be yeah, called, um, versus Matt Riddle. Oh, my God. This star, well, see, this star. <laughs> uh, this match wasn't, Mike? yeah, this match um, was definitely a instant five mics match. Um, only because of the story that was there, the wrestling ability that was there, um, these guys took it to like new heights and whatnot. It was very nice. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, Finn Balor never lets anyone down with his wrestling ability. Like, you know, he has what it takes. You know that Matt Riddle has what it takes. Um, you know, there's nothing that I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that Matt Riddle can improve on, but, uh, overall, Matt Riddle is fun to watch in some instances. I'm not like a full 100%, 100% fan of like Matt Riddle, but I respect the guy and I'll be able to watch his matches. Um, I do have some dream matches, but that would have to be talked about when we get to Survivor Series. As far as the Finn Balor versus uh, Matt Riddle goes, I'm happy that Finn uh, got the pin um, only because if... Balor did not get the pin. It would have not made sense at all, and it would not have set right. Um, this was Balor's uh, victory to let people know that, yeah, he's serious about coming back to NXT. He's serious about putting NXT back on the map and, you know, becoming NXT champion probably once again down the line. Um, your thoughts on the match, Gio? Happy for Prince Balor. It wouldn't have made sense if he would have lost to Matt Riddle at all. Mm-hmm. What's the back? You're breaking up again. I am walking. Okay. As I'm talking. 
<laughs> you might want to stay in one place and see what happens. Okay. Okay, that's not working. Can you hear me now? Yeah. It would have not made sense, Balor. So I enjoyed the match. I'm not like the hugest real. I'm still mm -hmm. learning about him. As you might have to walk around again. Play uh background. He's an interesting dude. Interesting dude. You mean, Still... Are you talking about Matt Riddle? Yes, Matt Riddle. Okay. Um, he's just like chill. He's a surfer dude. That's what he is. That he's, a, he's a surfer dude. So think of Rob Van Dam. He's like that. Um, except ah. that, except that Rob Van Dam, you know. Uh, it's probably better than Matt Riddle. Uh, I would like to see that. Yeah. You know, I want to see how that goes. Matt Riddle versus RVD. Oh, that would be... That would be five. That would be five stars. Five mics. Five mics. <laughs> without, without counting the four. <laughs> yeah, right. Five, five mics. Um, I would like to see that match. Um... If you guys out there listening would like to see Matt Riddle versus RVD, let us know in the comments below. Because um, that would be a very but interesting matchup. It would be, but RVD is Impact. I know, but no one cares about Impact. I don't care about Impact, <laughs> so it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, so on a scale of one to five mics, what do you give this one? I'm giving five. Give it five. All right. So five mics, guys. Still going to stay there. All right. So our last match for that entire pay-per-view, which was two hours and 30 minutes, is the men's war game where we had Undisputed Error versus Ciampa, Keith Lee, uh, I'll call him Dijak. Um, and the special fourth member, Kevin Owens. Um, again, this one was phenomenal. Um, all guys were great in this match. Um, there wasn't anything wrong with it. Uh, maybe, you know, some of the guys sort of like rushed their spots or whatnot. Like you could tell for a good couple minutes, there's going to be like a bunch of spot fests and stuff like that. Um, I had to do a double take when, uh, Ciampa pushed, Adam Cole and Adam Cole went through like the first table uh, that was set up on the outside. I was like, when the hell did that get there? Like that, that was a pretty good <laughs> trick. Um, only because the cameraman did not like really pan to it to be like, Oh look, there goes a table. Someone's going to go through that. That was like a, Whoa, what dude, how the hell did you go through the table? Like what happened? You know? Um, it, it happened quick. Yeah, it did. That's why I had to like we uh like rewind and be like, how do we get here? <laughs> why are you through a table? Um Keith Lee is amazing. I understand his hype. Uh he's a big guy who could do a normal guy stuff in the ring. Does that make sense? 
Um, his athletic and agility is like unmatched. Um, we don't see a lot of big guys like him doing that. Um, you know, in the past, we, you know, we still have Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is still considered a big guy, and the way that Samoa Joe um, does his stuff is still amazing. Uh, but for Keith Lee, it's like, yeah, okay, I understand. I understand what the hype is about with you. Um, will I be like a fan fan? Not really. I respect the dude. Um, that one huge spot that ended the whole entire match of having Ciampa just drop with Adam Cole. Sometimes you wonder what these guys are thinking. And it's like, I understand you want to get the pop, but, you know, at least at least he didn't die. You know? Oh, yeah. So, Very good. So what are your thoughts on it? Um, the ending? Everything, dude. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole entire men's war game from, like, start to finish. It was it was great. Just like the other How do you for your other war? You're breaking up again. It gets better. Better each first even the understanding but the ending to that and I saw that oh that was my reaction yeah um that got everybody like excited and stuff like that and then to have the cameras panned to Britt Baker for like three seconds maybe four seconds and then go back to the action and you hear Maru say oh that's Adam Cole's girlfriend um Reports came out saying that Triple H, you know, apologized to her and didn't really want her to get in trouble because she was seen at an NXT event and stuff like that. And I was just like, she probably doesn't care. AEW probably doesn't care. They're not going to, like, reprimand her, you know, because she's going in there first and foremost as a fan. She's sitting in front row and they addressed her as Adam Cole's girlfriend and not, you know, the Dr. Britt Baker from AEW. That would have been uh, too. Wait, say that all over again because it broke up. Said that would have been the doc. The other I can see why they. In the way, it's like, this is his girlfriend. Now it didn't. His girl, who was all. I can see why Triple H wanted that out. Rumors can definitely rumors can start, um, all because of like you know stupid things that people want to start because people want to look for fights. Um, so I am still gonna leave my five mics guy up because the whole entire pay per view from start to finish was all five mics, and I've never done that. I've never like cited and be like, you know, this whole entire pay-per-view is very good and solid. Like it was a solid pay-per-view. Um so Gia, what do you give this match? No, we don't have just give it a give it a what? Five stars. Okay. Five stars. So then in general, 
for the whole entire pay-per-view of NXT War Games, what rating would you give it? Five. Five. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, that completes our review of NXT War Games. NXT always delivers. NXT is like a really good brand. Um, it still has a really good feel to it. Um, you know, guys in the comments, uh, if you are listening to this via YouTube and or uh, Anchor, Anchor has a cool little feature that you guys can send us uh, voice messages. And you guys can voice your opinion on uh, how many mics you want to give it. The scale is one through five. Um, and, you know, just leave us a comment. Let us know. And we'll talk about it on our next one. Uh, we are currently going to be going over to WWE Survivor Series. So bear with me here because I am going to not use the five mics guy for Survivor Series uh, only because Survivor Series was good. Survivor Series was uh, solid, but not as solid as NXT War Games, um, which is kind of sad, you know. But always this time of year, um, it always comes out to be uh, NXT tops WWE. I mean, well, yeah, NXT tops like Raw and SmackDown when it comes to that. Um, Yes, usually... left hoping that man this paper they can reach watch yeah no it's not there I didn't really it's always take that you're breaking up do I have to repeat? You might have to repeat some of it. People are usually more excited to take over. Not Oh, okay. So, basically, for anyone tuning in and wondering why I have to tell Gio every time to move around and stuff like that, his Wi-Fi is currently down, so he's using his mobile data on his phone to use the Discord chat app that we're using um, in all of our podcasts. And he just mentioned something that everyone always says, that everyone looks forward to watching the NXT TakeOver rather than the WWE, like, Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views whenever they, like, go head-to-head. Um, and I think that's what everybody, you know, um, NXT turns out a better product um, rather than the very suffocating Raw and SmackDown at the moment. Um, now, obviously, you got to watch Survivor Series, right, Gio? Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go down to matches and stuff like that. Um, just talk about it as normal. The kickoff show had the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus uh, Kyle Wright and... Uh, Bobby Fish. It's Bobby Fish, right? It's Bobby. It's what? Bobby. Bobby. Oh, it's just Bobby? Bobby Fish. Oh, okay. Bobby I just wanted to, make sh- I wanted to make sure I was saying his name right. Because I'm like, is it really Fish or am I saying it wrong? Or I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, no. It, it's really Fish. It's like Okay. 
just, just want to make sure I was saying it right. So, um, I did not really write down much notes. I just wrote down who the winner was, but the Viking Raiders are always impressive in the fact that they're also big men and they also can move and they also have athletic ability. Um, and then the New Day, you know, the New Days are, you know, they've always been there. Xavier Woods is still out on his injury that we don't know how he got. Uh, he somehow tore his uh, his Achilles heel. So he's been out of action. He's not on WWE TV. So when he's not on WWE TV, they, he's doing up, up, down, down. Uh, in no way, shape, or form is that paper motion. It's just what I know. Um, also, uh, if you guys don't know... Uh, WWE started to do the New Day podcast, which is all about positivity. Um, I have yet to listen to an episode. I'm not sure when I'm going to get around to that. But New Day does have their own podcast, as well as the other podcast called After the Bell with Corey Graves and stuff like that. WWE really needs to stop making more programming than they can keep up with. Um, and then, obviously, Kyle Riley and Fish are from um, Undisputed. Um, and they are the tag team champions of NXT. And then New Day is obviously the champions of SmackDown, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, they beat it rival to. Okay. And Viking Raiders are also champions, right? Yes. They okay. Are the raw tag team. All right. So you had Raw versus SmackDown versus uh, NXT. And um, all three of them were great. It was on the kickoff show. Um, you know, I'm not too fond of kickoff shows unless, like, it's done right. You know, um, I mean, probably Kyle Riding and Bobby Fish was hurting from just 24 hours uh, after War Games. So, you know, our winner of this match is uh, the Viking Raiders. Um, that's all I have to say for that. What do you have to say for a Geo? Prize that they got a win. Viking have been pretty dominant since joining our roster. They defeated on the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have like a pick of it. Probably have to rewatch some. All right. But um. Yeah. Go ahead. You're right about that. I have to go back in my notes about like where the hell did we put the. The, like you know our predictions go ahead yeah um i don't think i picked for that but good for on raw that they got that that win yeah really good for that um even though you know raw should be the a show ah uh, damn it i don't even have it in my yeah. i don't oh i do have it. it we did we did we did i have it um but we didn't know that that was going to be the uh opening match so, um, all right. So the next one, we have the women's, um, brand supremacy match, which is a uh, team SmackDown. You have Sasha with, uh, Lacey Evans, Carmella, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Cross. And then you have for Raw, Charlotte, Natty, Natalia. I had, couldn't really spell it at the time. So I just put Natty because everyone calls her Natty. Um, this is so- true. Yeah, Sarah Logan, uh, Carrie Sane, and Asuka, and then Team NXT was Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Eel, Shirai, Candice, Bianca, and stuff like that. Um, that match was 
incredible. Um, there was a lot of uh, going back and forth and stuff like that. All the women did very well um, in that match. And then we got down to the last two, which was uh, Sasha Banks and Rhea Ripley. Um, yes. Sasha has a complete character change like a complete character overhaul since coming back to WWE after her little hiatus and I think it has served her well in the fact that you know uh now you can get behind her with like certain things and whatnot you know people are able to have another good look at her and she could have another good run depending on whatever it is but in any reality setting (laughs) She's too small to defeat Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, like, towers over her, has more muscle mass than her and stuff like that. So having Rhea Ripley win for the NXT brand uh, was was good. Um, There should be more future matches between Rhea Ripley and uh, Sasha just because. And then Rhea Ripley can go on to, you know, fight other women on the Raw and SmackDown uh, sides and stuff like that. So we could have dream matches and stuff like that. I don't understand why... WWE has to keep it so stay on your brand. You know, we can't do cross brand promotion and, you know, we can't do this until like Survivor Series comes about. Like, if they stop for a moment and learn from this invasion angle that they did, and then Survivor Series when it kicked off and they added NXT and going forward, they should continue to do that only because not only it will give NXT more exposure to have people watch on Wednesdays, but we can eliminate any potential dream matches that can happen. And you're all within the same company. It's not like, you know, NXT is its own thing. Technically, it is its own thing, but it's still under the umbrella of WWE. But the sense of you guys are all um, hired and you work for Vince McMahon who signs your checks. Why can't we do cross-promotion? Why can't we do cross-brand stuff? Like... Why does it always have to be Survivor Series? We have to wait for that. I believe it's because the networks wanted really Fox um, and sp- Split moved smack WWE had in You're breaking up again. Ah, I don't think WWE had Draft a long time. Hello? Yes, sorry about. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think WWE had of doing split until I think it's Fox SmackDown to be separate. Raw, but I'm happy NXT is on USA, which I'm calling NXT a third. A third what? I don't see brand. brand. Okay, it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't see it at development. Even though when they sign talent, they go to a good chunk, but I don't see it as the development. As a developmental. As, yeah, I don't see it as that. Not when you're on USA. <laughs> so going to USA just makes it, you know, that much different. Yes. So the tapings that they would have to do and watch. Um, I haven't sat down to watch 
like NXT on the USA Network to see if it feels, excuse me, uh, to see if it feels any different only because of, you know, I'm so used to watching it on the network and I was happy that it was on the network. Like they could get, they get to do what they've always wanted to do. They could always be edgy. They could always be as dark and gritty as it is. Like once you go to USA, you have to change a little bit. You have to go according to the guidelines and you have to abide by their rules. You could have some leeway depending on it, you know, and then there's other chances of getting fined. And if you have the money, obviously you'll pay it because, you know, WWE has money like that. But um, I think, I mean, it hasn't hurt NXT yet. Uh, because if anyone's keeping up with the rating wars, um, right now it's sort of like, not, not really neck to neck, but they're, but they're hanging in there as, as they're hanging in there with their competition of AEW. So, I mean, it probably wasn't a bad move to put it on the USA network. I was just a little scared for them because I don't want to see a good product like, um, NXT get, so commercialized, so TV, TV lized. I made that up. Uh, you know, I don't want to see that. Um, you know, I really don't. I want to see NXT be NXT. This is why people gravitated towards NXT. And then when they, when you go to your first ever NXT takeover, like I went, it was amazing. It really was. It felt like you were part of an underground type of thing where, you know, you knew what was going on, you understood these wrestlers, and then when you watch Raw and SmackDown, you're like, why can the stories be as good as they are on NXT, you know? Like, why do we have to deal with this? And that's because through the years, Raw and SmackDown are televised shows that have to follow policy, and I didn't want that for NXT because I could have made or break NXT. Luckily, it has not broken NXT. It has only made them a little more hungrier. And you could tell in this whole NXT War Games and then NXT on Survivor Series. Um, NXT was definitely booked like super, super strong um, for Survivor Series. Um, yeah, I did mention the winner for that match. But moving on after... Um, Rhea Ripley versus uh, Sasha Banks. Um, that gave NXT a two lead. Raw is one. SmackDown is one. The next match is... Oh, wait. Uh, let's go back to our thing. So, we both said, Gio and I both uh, said that Team NXT was going to win. So, they, that's one for us. Yay. Um... The next match was uh, Shinsuke uh, with Sammy coming out uh, versus Roderick Strong and AJ Styles. Oh, my God. Uh, this match uh, was really solid. Uh, all three guys uh, know each other. Um, I don't know uh, if Shinsuke ever fought Roderick, and I don't think they have. But if you guys think they have, uh, please make sure to let us know in the comments and or leave a voice message uh, via Anchor. Um, I do know for a fact that Roderick Strong has faced AJ Styles. AJ Styles has faced uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. That was his last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then he comes over to WWE and has a WWE career. Um, all three of these guys are super talented, uh, super great. Uh, Roderick Strong with his uh, knife edge chops and his, you know, and his uh, 
thing called the Messiah, the Backbreaker, and stuff like that are really, really, really good. Um, other than that, uh, our winner for that match is Roderick Strong, which gives NXT a really huge boost in having three wins. Raw still has one. SmackDown still has one. What is your take on this triple threat match, Gio? I enjoyed it. I didn't. I don't I really. Just. I just wanted to see how it was all gonna. But I. I all three. Yeah. Um, and just so that people know, for our predictions, we were both neutral. Uh, only because we know how great each of these guys are, and we've seen them in some capacity, whether it will be live or you know on TV or you know via internet or something, our highlights. So we managed to keep it neutral. Um, the next match is the Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship match. Um, this I am going to put back up the picture of getting the five mics uh, being dropped only because this was a five-star match. Um, anything that involves like Pete Dunne, wrestling guys that understand how to go hold for hold, move for move, and stuff like that, um, you know, this was, this was it. Uh, and then, you know, this is only 24 hours after um, Adam Cole does the war games. Um, and give me a second. I got to move my mic guy over so that you guys can see it. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I loved it from start to finish. Um, Adam Cole is a trooper. Pete Dunn is definitely, he's always going to be like a future champion and like whatever he does um so Gio what did you think of the match I enjoyed it um on a scale of of what thinking our champion done but Adam fine and retain big night big especially because first time that championship's being on yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's true. Um, I don't know. Well, OBS just reconnected. Awesome. Uh, so that is right. Um, because NXT is there at a Survivor Series, which is a first time ever, the NXT Championship belt got defended at Survivor Series, so that makes it even more like historically great. Um, and this is why I love this match and having these two guys. Uh, fight and stuff like that. I did have a question. Uh, do you think that in the future they should change the name of the NXT belt? So we always say it's the NX the NXT Championship rather than the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Do you think that they should change it to the NXT World Heavyweight Championship? I never really gave it any thought. I'm so used to. I, I would have to say if they were to change it and give it the NXT World Heavyweight how would the announcer because that's a ton well I mean any good announcer will work around it and like you know say it and stuff like that so 
Um, I don't see I the mean, announcer having a hard time. Probably not. It probably takes some get used to, but I would be okay if they they add it. Because it, it is heavyweight champ. Because that's the top champion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so go ahead. Yeah. They, they were to change it. Would I like it? I would have no it wouldn't really bother me. Yeah, it probably wouldn't either. Um, it's just that we we'll probably just have to get used to inserting some extra words in there. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's the only. So, wrestling fans, what do you think? Do you think that eventually down the line NXT should change the NXT Championship to the NXT World Heavyweight Championship? Leave your thoughts in the comments below and or send us voice messages via Anchor. Um. So after that match, it is the Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend championship match. Um, what can I say? Uh, first, they need to get rid of the red light. <laughs> they need to get rid of that. They, they really need to get rid of that. Um, what else can I say about this match? This match is kind of weird in the fact that, you know, they still have not bring, brought about a character to face the Fiend. So that way it can make sense. You know, you have an entity versus an entity. Um, this would not have uh, fly back in the day if you just created Undertaker and you didn't create Kane. Or you just created Undertaker and Mankind wasn't invented, even though Mankind was still a human, but like, you know, he was a crazy dude, so it kind of worked. Um, you know, there's no one that could go ahead and like be match the fiend in what he does. Uh having Daniel Bryan face him, I was just like, I didn't really go into this with huge expectations. I just went into this with um you know, just watching the match, trying to not have the light, the red light bother me so much. Um, and then Daniel Bryan doing his moveset, and you think that there's a moment of him winning when obviously there isn't a moment of him winning. Um, I don't know. It felt off. It felt like ever since they gave The Fiend the belt, and they gave The Fiend the belt the wrong way, it's just been downhill. Um, he's still a good character. Like you can try to redeem him and whatnot. Um, you know, I still love the fact that whenever he's on uh SmackDown, because he has the blue title, so whenever he's on SmackDown, uh, he has the fire the Firefly Funhouse, and he's able to be Bray Wyatt. And then when he wants to really like go to his other side, he's the Fiend and. I think that there's still time to save him. I just don't know how, and I don't know where to start. If you take him off TV, that's going to hurt him. Uh, if you continue with the vignettes, that might be the only thing to save him. Uh, but I just think right now they totally like messed him up after giving him the title. When like we wanted him to get the title, but we did. He should have gotten it the right way, or they should have just pushed and pushed and pushed, right? Um, and then when they finally created another character to go against this entity called the Fiend, then have that match, and then eventually somehow 
put a title in there. It doesn't have to be like the biggest title there is. It could be something small, maybe. But the whole entire timeline of this was like so rushed. It damaged the fiend. Daniel Bryan doesn't get damaged at all. Daniel Bryan is just a bystander of like circumstance because they had to get a match out. They had to have a match, um, which they really didn't because where does Daniel Bryan go from here? Obviously, if you guys saw Survivor Series, you know that Daniel Bryan didn't win. The Fiend won. So what does that do? What does that mean? You know, when Undertaker was Undertaker, he took souls. And you knew that he took souls to the underworld and he was the gatekeeper. So that means that every time that Undertaker fought, you felt some type of way. You were like, oh, crap, this guy's not going to survive. His soul is going to get taken. So what does that translate to The Fiend? Every time The Fiend wins, what happens to these people? Like, maybe he should start doing little tiny dolls of, like, all the victims that he takes. And they're all characters on the Firefly Firefly Funhouse. Just because. Um, They don't have anything substantial for us to gravitate towards Bray Wyatt again. You know? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Cool. You're saying since the championship crown jewel it leaves big hole okay who do we have you totally broke up i do not know what you're saying darn it yeah i know man uh i said since ray why the fiend has won the championship it's who do you have to who do you have to face the fiend for that championship? No one. No one really. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna simply find well, the fiend is gonna find some braze path and attack Bray White. Fiend are two different individuals. Well, the fiend is not even a human. The fiend is a thing. Uh-huh. And how do I know it's a thing? Michael Cole did it out. <laughs> That's funny how you just said the damn thing got up. I don't know. Michael Cole pointed out. He was like the damn and that was a light bulb. Yes, it is not human. It is a thing. Because every time someone attacks the fiend, the fiend rises up. And yes, everyone big on the red lights. But when I think I think of Old school king in his first early run with the mask. And you had that bit going. So it will take something supernatural to face the fiend. Who do you throw to face the fiend? Give him king if he's not too busy. <laughs> Give him king because the fiend attacked Kane after he saved Seth Rollins. Uh-huh. You gotta fill in the gaps. Who better to take on the fiend than Kane? Cain is demon, the devil's favorite demon. So why not throw up Cain and have a match? You know, maybe I don't know, a match. Let's see if the thing can survive that. Survives. <laughs> hey, I'm just throwing out suggestions. Um, I it mean, work. I I totally. I think. I totally like it. I'm just uh, chuckling at the fact that we're going to call him the thing just because Michael Cole was like, I don't know what this thing is. Uh, it's it's, no, just, it's well, just funny. He, I his, get it. His exact word, 
Yeah, like the damn thing got up. I was like, you're right. It's not human. <laughs> it's a thing. Thank you, Michael. Because every time, they don't know what they don't know. I think, I don't know if it was Corey Graves that said it. It probably was Corey Graves. He said, you don't, I think he said, you experienced the f So it's like an experience. What mm -hmm. kind of experience do you experience with the feet? And I know you're thinking, what the heck is the experience? I don't know. Ask Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Ask right. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, but Ask Jerry Lawler. Yeah, but you know, we're supposed to feel the experience when these guys tell the story in the ring of how it is and like how it feels, you know, they're like their expressions on their face, you know, the attacks that they do and stuff like that, the desperation, because they're like, all right, this guy doesn't want to stay down. Like, you know, what is he like? Is he a monster? Is he an entity? Is he a thing? Is he the, the mythical legends of that? We always tell, you know, our children, the stuff that goes bump in the night, like we don't really know yet. Um, but, you know, those wrestlers are supposed to, like, make us feel that. And if you can't make us feel that, then you kind of failed at your job, in a way. And then, you know. Do you see, what? Do you see, have you seen Fiend's Eye? Have I seen what? Fiend's Eye. If you look, well, I know the red light, you're probably not big on it. But if you glance at the eyes, what do you see? Oh, um, I kind of see a monster, um, an entity in a way. Like it's it's definitely not human. I know that, but um, even with the red light, I could still like see his eyes and stuff. Um, but he looks like a straight up like horror character, like that was made to like fucking mess with you psychologically. He's a he's a psychological killer in a way. Um, there that's go. that's that why he'll be great for Dead by Daylight. Um, which I had tweeted that out. Like we need we need the fiend in Dead by Daylight. I will play it, even though I'm a noob, and I know this podcast is all about wrestling, but I play games too. So I am a noob at Dead by Daylight. I would love The Fiend being at Dead by Daylight, and um, I have wanted to backtrack a little bit to say, hey, Kane, if you ever listen to this podcast, your number one fan, Gio, wants to get back into the ring and teach The Fiend a lesson, because you might be the only yeah. savior of um, The Fiend. Uh, you might be the only savior for WWE to save the fiend. Yes, all it takes is the pyro. Since we have pyro again, yeah, we got pyro. Give me that pyro. I can I can see Kane do his pyro thing. Yep, I'm sold. All right, just just don't call it a ring of fire like you did the last. Oh yeah, line. dude. I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. I really don't think so. Um, so yeah, infernal match, please. Yeah, like an Inferno match, not a Ring of Fire. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh, so that's everything that I would have to cover for, like, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, we're going to move on to the next I one. I will say. What? But I will say that they did, the Fiend did get booed. I, I heard something. I didn't think twice about it. Like, I don't know. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm oh, okay. Still here. I thought I, I thought you were gonna say something after I after I said that. Um, I heard I heard something, but I didn't think twice about it. I think it was so small. Oh yeah. That I, I didn't think I, twice about it. Probably, probably, but it they they got the fiend to be booed. The fiend is not a hero. The fiend is some. No, the fiend is something. <laughs> you should be afraid of. Yeah, definitely. He's like the fire fun. Sometimes I'm wondering, 
all right, when is the fiend going to transform and just come out the TV and grab me? Not that I don't want that to happen, but if they do that, you've done a great job. That's free. um... This is is not the ring, okay? It's not the ring. (laughs) In the ring that happens. I'm not talking about the ring. I'm just saying, yeah, but the movie, the ring that happens, man, where the girl comes out the TV and like grabs her ass. <laughs> when WWE is not doing that. <laughs> I mean, they already create this horror, this horror, horror-looking creature from God. What? Yeah. But so only Bray Wyatt. So you don't have to worry that much, okay, dude? Like you'll be okay. <laughs> no, you'll, I'm you'll just saying okay. it would be cool. It'd be cool if it comes out. Um, yeah, and then you're gonna be calling me and be like, holy shit, did you know what just happened? Um, anyway, so our pick for this, uh, we both picked the fiend because it makes total sense for that to happen. If Daniel Bryan won, like, where where would it have gone? I don't know. It probably would have been more matches, more weird story, more antagonizing by the Miz. So I don't know. Um other than that, let's continue on to the next match, which is another brand match. You have Team Raw, which had uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. Team SmackDown was Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns with uh, Chad Gable. We're not calling him Shorty G. Uh, Corbin. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Braun and uh, Mustafa Ali. And then NXT had Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Walter, which. Yes, Jericho is right. Walter is a stupid name. Uh, Champa and uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, Damian Priest was in the match. Um, from start to finish, this match was heavy hitting. You have a lot of big names. You have a lot of big guys in there and stuff like that. Um, the chemistry between Chad Gable and Matt Riddle was phenomenal. I want to see that. And I know earlier in this podcast i had talked about like dream matches that i want to see matt riddle have i want to see matt riddle have a dream match with chad gable that would be great it was amazing and i am a huge fan of technical wrestling um i do like you know my spots and i do like my high flying and i do like my stories and stuff like that but sometimes when you have an old-fashioned chain wrestling match there's more story in that than just the spots that you see when you watch other matches um, but I am a huge fan of technical wrestling and that was like super great. The other thing that I wanted to say that was very, very big for this match was that you had Matt Riddle eliminating Randy Orton. I did not see that. I did not see that coming either. Um, that was, that was great. Um, it got a shock out of me and that's what professional wrestling is supposed to do. It's supposed to, uh, have your feelings, you know, become ignited but don't turn into an idiot. Um, You want these feelings to come about and be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Um, We all know that like Matt Riddle doesn't have as many years as Randy Orton does under his belt when it comes to working with WWE. So to have a young guy come in, roll you up and get to one, two, three and have you eliminated. Oh man, there goes my second dream match. I do want to see some type of story between Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. However it plays out, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't thought that far, like how it could play out. But just because Matt Riddle got the pin on Randy Orton, I was just excited to see how that storyline would go and how that would end up. Because Randy Orton has fought almost everybody, you know, but the one place he hasn't conquered is NXT. 
Um, so it would be kind of cool if he just invades NXT and fights Matt Riddle and fights the rest of the guys on NXT because I know he could still go. Um, Randy Orton, you know, doesn't have that many. Well, he doesn't have any huge injuries, so he really could still go if he wanted to. So in the future, someone book it, Vince book it, or Triple H book it. Matt Riddle versus Chad Gable, and then Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton. Um, I will be the one to say that I do not care about Walter at all. Uh, I don't find the hype with Walter. Um, I really don't. Um, Walter is Walter. He's just there. I'm just like, okay, great, it's Walter. Um, people are probably going to like give me some heat for that, but I honestly can't see anything with this guy. Like sometimes when it comes to certain European wrestlers, um, it's just that they don't have character for like, for me to get behind them. You know, there's a bunch of other ones that I will get behind because I understand them. I, Walter is just there. He's just a guy that's there. That's, that's for me. He's a giant dude. He is. He's a giant dude who's very stoic, who has no emotion or feeling and stuff like that. You know, he hits people. But, like, what other wrestler doesn't hit people? You know, what, like, if you are a professional wrestler, you should be able to be different from all the rest of the other professional wrestlers. You know, like, you should be able to stand out. I should be like, oh, my God, there goes Walter. Like, you haven't seen anyone like him because he does this, this, and this, and this. I can't tell you what he does. I can't tell you what he does other than slapping somebody. You know, being a European wrestler who does technical moves. But then again, I don't know if he does. He should be able to do technical moves. Um, It's just that all I know, if I were to be explaining someone to Walter, is that he hits people. And that's not much. That's really not much. It's not like if you tell me... Uh, you know, explain Kevin Owens to you, and um, Kevin Owens is a badass. Uh, he's originally Kevin Steen, and he is a phenomenal wrestler. He made his name in Ring of Honor, and uh, he does a lot of athletic moves for a guy his size. He could do a cannonball. He could get you in a package power driver. He can, you know, uh, have the whole crowd chanting, you know, please don't die when he does really crazy moves with uh, his buddy Sami Zayn. Who was also El Generico? Um, you know, if you tell me, to... what happened? What happened? He's not in Mexico. No, he's not in Mexico. He's somewhere in Canada. Oh, he's in Canada now. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in Canada. Um, if you tell me about, you know, tell me about Ricochet. Ricochet is the. Oh my God! I really hope I don't get heat for this. <laughs> He is oh, the he is the flippy guy. <laughs> flippy um, guy? He is the flippy guy because uh, both him and uh, Will Osprey have like a similar move set, and uh, whenever they get in the ring, they kind of do a lot of ballet moves. Like if you really want to break this down, that's what it is. Uh, but Ricochet is the superhero flippy guy that can do extraordinary things land on his head, which looks like he almost broke his neck and still lived to tell his tale. Um, he, what happened? I don't know how he survived that RKO. I really I'm don't. He survived. I really don't. Even though they did the replay like 10 times, you know, I'm just like, how the fuck are you walking? Um, you know. Uh, Strong neck? I guess, right? So like, 
for anyone out there that's like wanting to be a wrestler, the greatest advice that I could probably give is what I heard. Um, in order to get a really strong like neck muscles, you do what Zach Zaber uh, Jr. does, and you do uh you stretch out your neck and whatnot. You do a lot of neck bridges. Uh, the more neck bridges that you do, the stronger the muscles in your neck become, and then you won't have as many like injuries as you would normally have when coming to like your neck and stuff. So he probably does that. Um, that's what people do to stretch out. But you see how I'm able to tell you different types of wrestlers, their different types of style, and break it down for casual fans who don't understand most of the stuff in the business. I can't do that with Walter. Um, and that's just because of how he is, how he's marketed, how he wants his character to be betrayed. Like, you know, I forget who's uh UK champ. Um, just because what happened? He's the champ. Yeah. But it's that idea of like, you know, I wouldn't be able to explain to someone who Walter is. Uh so in this match, uh those two were like the biggest thing that like I liked about the match. The Matt Riddle versus uh Chad Gable and then Matt Riddle eliminated Randy Orton. And then what I didn't like was that Keith Lee had a put over Oh great. Hold on. What just happened? Alright, we're gonna take a break for a second. Cause okay, we're back on. What I didn't like was that Keith Lee had to put over Roman Reigns just so that we SmackDown can get um, the victory. And um, you saw the powerbomb. Keith Lee freaking killed Roman. How Roman kicked out of that? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Keith Lee does his huge powerbomb that um, I've seen like twice. And, you know, your soul leaves your body. I, you know, no one argue with that. Your soul leaves your body. Uh, so, yeah, I just didn't like the fact that Roman Reigns had to go over just to get a win for SmackDown. I thought that was very stupid. But then again, if Keith Lee would have um, won, uh, it would have been NXT 4 at the time. So automatically you knew that NXT was winning anyway at that point if Keith Lee would have got the win. But just how it happened, I didn't like that. It's just like, dude, you 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 freaking died. Like your soul came out of your body. Like, stay down. He took us. I believe they call power the spirit bomb. Yeah, that's what people on Twitter I think are doing, but um yeah. No, I think that's what WWE that's what it was. Seriously? Yes, the spirit bomb. Oh god. I am not making this you can check later. Oh my but god. But yes, that yes, they called it. Dragon Ball Z Spirit Ball. Oh my god. Um, Alright, what do you have to say about this match? Uh, Keith Lee stood out. Mm -hmm. I thought Keith Lee was win XT, but I can honestly see why they did full NXT. You'll be like, well, we know NXT is winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. I guess so SmackDown needed the win. Maybe some, but I don't know. Um, it was a good match. I think more but I enjoyed the match. I thought Corbin would be the one to get the or something. Oh my god, that dude, man. That dude. 
I didn't even Corbin. talk about Corbin, but like, uh, Corbin. Corbin is doing a good job, as much as I hate to admit it. He's doing a good job being this this stupid heel that they tell him to do. Um, but he's doing a good job with it because he's getting fans upset and fans are just like, dude, get out of here, go somewhere else. Um, he's doing his job. Uh, and that's what people yes. have to remember when it comes to professional wrestling. These guys are doing their job. Um, for this we're match, not, what? Like, we're not supposed to. Wait, I didn't hear you. That's, we're not supposed I, to what? We're not supposed to like the. That's. That's like a weird thing. We cheer for the heel. Boo the good guy. Oh, um. I think I think it goes towards uh how they're booked and the and the situations because like let's say that you have the heel and you're booking him to do like all heel stuff and he's getting the right reaction but then the moment that like you bring in like a baby face or whatever depending on the circumstances it can change because people can change and then all of a sudden you're like cheering the um uh you know the bad guy when you're not really supposed to but it's it's weird yeah. how it works in this business it really is um now people have like now the the people it's it's harder to cheer it's harder to boo a heel it's harder to boo the bad guy it's harder to boo the bad guy because everyone on twitter wants to be like oh my god that's so wrong i'm offended you shouldn't be doing that and it's like it's a he's it's a wrestler dude like let let the wrestler do what the wrestler gotta do you know you're there to enjoy it don't like take it personal because it has nothing to do with you. Nobody knows who you are personally, so don't take it personal. Um, we had said that Team NXT was going to go over because we didn't know who the team was going to be. Um, and then uh, we find out that Team SmackDown won. So that's, you know, that's one taken from us. Uh, the next match is the Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar match. Um, this match. This match, man. It 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 lasted. It did. It lasted long. We could start. We could start with that. Uh, do you want to start off on this match? Um, sure. Rey Mysterio cut the promo. How facing Brock changed him this time. Hopes to avenge his son because that's what it really boils down to. Mm-hmm. Let pipe or pipe Q. And then from the shadows, he hopes that his son is watching. And from the shadows, his son was doing more than just watching. He got involved. And I have to say, he did a nice frog. That low blow that he gave Brock, I think he did it better. And there was like a, a big, small, big moment where I thought, but then I was kind of confused because I thought was Dominic gonna because <laughs> he did the frog splash and I thought oh well, his son's gonna be champ and then they both uh I really thought that was a... but no even with frog splashes and double six one Brock powers out and what happens to Ray F five yeah um which was unfortunate they gave us a moment of hope. 
uh, that maybe Rey Mysterio captured the championship belt, um, you know, with help from his son. That would have been like an interesting turn uh, if he had won it, because then, you know, uh, maybe we could have father versus son and stuff like that and see how well that goes over. Um, even though people will probably be screaming like, no, that shouldn't happen. That's so stupid. But it'll be kind of interesting to see only because it's like Dominic could be like, oh, well, you know, dad, I kind of helped you win the championship belt when you fought Brock Lesnar, you know, so I'm always going to be like underneath your shadow and then he needs to step out. You know, I would, I would be up for it. I don't know if anyone else would be up for it. Also in a way, you know, improve myself and carry on the legacy. Given Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. We would, we would. Oh, we what yeah, we don't want that? it. Yeah, a lot of people won't, but Ooh. I don't. I don't care. I think that there'll there'll be something special there if it's done right. Um, so both Gio and I were uh, neutral because we did not know what was going to happen and stuff like that. Um, and then after that, we get to the the main event of the pay per view, which is Bailey versus Becky versus uh, Shayna. This match uh from start to finish was uh was good. Um the one mess up was that Becky didn't give uh Bailey enough room to basically do her move. So it got fucked up and it's like Becky, you should know better. Like you should have took like a step or maybe a half a step just so that way if you knew the spot, like it would have been okay. Um other than that, it wasn't spectacular in a way um i don't know uh i do just want to talk about the ending of like shayna gets shayna gets bailey to tap out so obviously shayna wins you know the whole survivor series nxt is on top of the world uh nxt is like just totally went over nxt was booked strong um and then uh becky <laughs> decides to beat up shayna and, you know, poses on top of the thing and act like she won. Raw was defeated. Like, take your ball and go home. There was no reason for her to attack Shayna. Not to, like, defend Shayna, because Shayna could, like, totally defend herself. But in the event of, like, Survivor Series, you lost. You didn't get pinned. Go home. Regroup. Come back Monday night and issue a challenge. And be like, Shayna, you can never beat me because you never pinned me. You never had me tap. You had to go after Bailey, who's second rate, in order to get that done. You know, what does that say about you and your character and you being a champion of, of NXT? You know, uh, Becky could also mention how Triple H chose the wrong girl. Triple H, you know, doesn't have the man on, you know, NXT side. So he had to go with you. And all you did was, you know, go after second rate, which is SmackDown, you know, try to get Raw to be back to number one, the A-show. That's what, you know, should have probably happened. But then again, I'm not there writing these stories because I basically am never going to get hired for that because, uh, you know, they want some experience being on a TV show or whatever. But the idea is that that was stupid for her to beat up Shayna, to act like Raw won, and it's like, no. You need some type of reality check. Sooner or later, your gimmick being the man is just going to run out and it's not going to be rememberable and no, and you're not going to know what to do with yourself after this whole thing blows over. Totally not. Go ahead, Gio. 
Okay. A handful. Um, I was very disappointed. Darth Tap. As prediction. Out of the two. Oh, the three. I should. Becky, Bailey, and Shayna. I was going for the surprise. Bailey putting SmackDown on top. Saying how she's not to be overlooked and no one overlook her. Beat the man on Raw. And Survivor's and their chance. I survived Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the post-match attack between Shane leads to a rival go after Becky. So you're saying that uh, that that was the start of like their their rivalry because you kind of like broke up in between. So I was only getting bits and pieces of the words. Oh, which part? That um. After- you were saying that uh, because Becky had attacked Shayna Baszler, that like, you think that'll be a potential storyline? Like, you know, they'll really jump with it. Will they jump with it? I don't know, but I think it leaves the door open. I yeah. say, don't do it now. You could do it next year, but first, Shayna has to lose her most prized possession. That be. That being the so NXT championship. Like, mm-hmm. That being the NXT Women's Championship. Yes. Once she loses that, I believe she will go on to do more than a different show. Mm. What's left for her to do NXT? And if she goes, I believe her buddy's with her. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I don't see the other two horsewomen just staying in NXT and stuff like that. I think that wherever Shayna will go, they will go too. Um, and that makes a powerful unit right there. Um, I think that from now to WrestleMania, we should build this up because, you know, the man always likes to talk a lot. And, um, you know, this is this is the perfect opportunity to show how, what both women are made of because, you know, we do need more spotlight on the women we do need more stories for them you know so that they could be like the best and stuff like that you know uh maybe Shayna should eventually drop the title so that way she's uh, if she is facing Becky she could say hey um I want to face you for the women's title of Raw and see how that goes so that should be a possibility I think that they should continue with it now but as far as I know um Becky was not on Raw right um, to my knowledge, no, she was not on Raw. So, so you see that logic, and I want like my listeners to understand this. Um, if you're gonna have your supposed top female performer Becky Lynch, who calls herself the man, to beat up Shayna Baszler, uh, at the end of Survivor Series and not book her on Raw, that makes her look weak, and that beating meant nothing. Um, you're supposed to have meaning behind almost everything that you do in professional wrestling. If you don't, you're doing it wrong um, or just don't do it at all. Um, you know, Becky builds herself as, you know, the man. I do this. I do that. You know, I'm going here. I'm doing that. But where were you on Monday Night Raw? 
Seth Rollins was there and Seth Rollins made himself look like a fool. Like he always does. Um, but it's just the booking. You're supposed to have strong, consistent booking. If you don't have strong, consistent booking, then maybe, you know, you could do a vignette and be like, well, Team Raw lost. I might have to reevaluate who I want to work for because I decided to work for the best company in the world. Who's going to give me the best competition in the world? And right now, you know, Raw got their ass handed to by NXT. So why not go down to NXT, stir, stir some trouble and stuff like that? And continue to have your strong booking. If you decide to miss a show, your strong booking sort of means nothing. Because, you know, you always talk about being the best. If you're going to be the best, you have to, you know, be there. And if you're not there, then, you know, how can you say you're the man? That's just the freaking logic that I don't get for WWE. Like they could have did a vignette or something, you know, a reflection. Um, they could have did it earlier that day because I don't think they had to go to a new city. Or maybe I could be wrong. But, you know. Yeah, they were in Chicago. Okay, so. But I, I heard that uh, towards that post down, Probably off uh, booing her. Are you talking about Seth? Maybe. No, I'm talking about Becky. Oh. So maybe they didn't want have her dealing with boos. They already don't like Seth. You don't want to make it worse if you have your raw chance. But that's like the nature of the game. That's the nature of the business. I mean, you're going to get booed regardless because people are going to have like opinions and stuff like that. And they're going to like throw it right at you. If you can't be able to defend yourself and explain yourself to the fans of why, you know, they shouldn't boo you, then again, you're not doing your job. Um, WWE needs to stop protecting their wrestlers when this could have made bigger storylines. This could have made demand so that way people like me, who don't get the hype, who don't want to be on the bandwagon, who don't understand, can try to feel some sympathy for her and be like, okay, now I get it. You know, I get it. I respect her. I can go forward and be like, uh, you know, I understand why Becky is the man. If you don't have that, then, you know, what's the point? You know, you sort of lost a little bit of momentum. Even if she did get booed, um, you know, she's going to have to learn how to be like The Rock and turn it into a phenomenon and become, you know, the best thing that everyone ever talks about. Uh, you never want to, like, get your ball and go home because you don't want to face the crowd the next day. If that was the case, professional wrestling well, not, would be nothing. What happened? True, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that she wanted the ball. You know, the company. It, 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 you know how it is. Yeah. Profession. Um I'm pretty sure she wanted to be there, but you know you can only do so much on higher up says we we don't need you set the I mean that's true, but like Becky is their biggest freaking draw, so you know it's like why would you tell her to stay home? Um that, or maybe she was that type there. of thing. Uh maybe, maybe she, she was, was in the back. There. Yeah, probably in yeah. the back. But she probably yeah. she probably should have had a segment or something, uh, whether it was pre-taped or whatever, just a reflection on what happened. And then, bam, there you go. You start going towards WrestleMania. You start 
getting that done and that could have happened but you well, know i'm not it. there i know i know i'm not i'm it, not it, there if you were there you probably i know you you would have like your ideas or what they do some uh, sometimes they have these interviews in between or after yeah post it on the doc. all right they talk about oh go ahead hmm? sorry talk about it so maybe if they would have had her gave like an interview about her actions, why she, that could explain found some program to explain why she did it instead of not having on Raw mm-hmm. and because it hurts the it hurts the women's division. Yeah, you got the tag team, but you're still trying to build that up. Yeah, and you don't really have anyone facing back it's like scrammer around but hopefully it'll get explained next week hopefully it does um and if it does uh it should be from the heart and stuff like that and it should be like not trying to find herself you know she needs to go where the competition is gonna go um if she doesn't do that then i have no idea i'm not writing the segment i don't know what they're gonna write it for but you're totally right like even if she did a small little uh backstage interview um you know or on one of their like talk shows like have her on there you know just explain stuff because when you put over the fact that raw is superior to everybody else but yet then all you guys did would just get one point that kind of affects what you mentally especially when you're saying you're the man and you carry the company on your back you know even though you're a woman and you're supposed to, you're fighting for the women's division to get more spotlight, you still fight for everyone else in the company. And because Raw lost, um, it was, uh, you know, it, it takes a, a toll on people, um, especially because you're like, oh, shit, you know, we hyped up Raw, Raw lost, you know, what, what are we going to do now? Uh, the same way that on Monday Night Raw, when Seth Rollins addressed everybody, like... Seth needs to be off TV. I'm going to say it every single time. Seth Rollins needs to be off TV for at least six months to a year. So that way, everybody that's booing him can, like, stop. And then, you know, he can enjoy life. Because he's been going so hard, you know, these ye- over these years that he hasn't slowed down to get a vacation. Um, and he needs a vacation. He's getting stale. He's, you know acting like his Twitter self and just saying shit. And it's like, bro, you need to reevaluate yourself, you know, probably maybe ask for your release and go train in the Indies and get a new move set because it's kind of stupid to use your babyface comeback moves when everybody knows what you're going to do. Like, come on. Um, especially people who study you, like you can't do that. You have to one up people. You have to make sure that you let the fans know that you're still fresh and viable to be, you know, their hero, their champion. Uh, even though he's not champion, but the idea of being their hero and their champion that they can get behind. Um, I just love Randy Orton, Randy Orton with his, uh, little, you know, jerk off motion, uh, which he's totally right. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you got to follow the script, but half the time it's just like, bro, shut up already. Like, it's already done. You're beating a dead horse. And then for for Seth Rollins to call out CM Punk. Uh, you know, I don't know when we were ever going to get to this on this podcast, but 
little backstory. I was once a huge fan of uh, CM Punk. I was a blind follower of CM Punk. And then he decided to do the podcast on his best friend's um, show, uh, like a tell-all thing on Call Cabana's thing. Um, it went completely not the way that it should have went. They all went to court. They all filed stuff. Uh, Punk lost the court case. Um, and now we're here. We're here. No, he won the court case. He won the court case? I thought he lost it. No, he won. He won the court Everyone's going to give me heat for this, but I don't care. Uh, all right, so he won the court case, even though I think he probably should have lost. But uh, he did owe Coke uh, Cabana some money, but he never paid him, and then they went to court about that shit. And he's like, bro, stop like burning bridges. Like This guy is super cool. You, you should know that. Um, anyway, weapon. I've met Coach. Nice guy. Yeah, he's super cool. Um, anyway, uh, so now we're here. CM Punk has a Fox deal. He is not under WWE contract, so he is so he's sitting pretty on a bunch of Fox money because he couldn't cut into UFC. Um, so. Fox brought him in to be this analyst, and then people turned on him. People are like, you sold out. And it's like, yo, if you see the check that he gets, you'll sell out too. I'll sell out because I want that money. Uh, it's but Fox. It's Fox too, yeah. Even though Fox is like, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, you have... Seth Rollins calling out CM Punk and saying that he's a coward for hiding behind his Los Angeles desk, right? Now, I don't know if he ever saw that tweet that basically Punk even stated that it's hard to catch up on five plus years of professional wrestling. What I did see? Yeah, um, but I'm just I, I'm just talking about that one line that he said that he hasn't. That basically shows you he hasn't watched wrestling at all. Like he's not like in tune with it, and that tells me he has not been training. Um. So how does Seth Rollins think? That from November to April, when WrestleMania is in New Orleans, that he was going to have a great match with CM Punk. If this guy has not trained in five years, probably more, because he said he was burnt out and that he doesn't like professional wrestling and he walked away from us. Like, what makes him think he's going to have a good match? I can't answer I mean, any of those we could we could but, speculate like you know I don't understand that when people have ring rust you could see they have ring rust and that's not where Punk needs to be Punk does not need to be in a wrestling ring he walked away from us and that is the one thing that you don't kind of reward especially when you're an asshole walking away from us and you throw people under the bus and you want to be rewarded for being some type of savior nah it's okay you could stay at Fox and do analyst stuff, but Seth Rollins needs to be off TV so that he doesn't call out CM Punk to try to get CM Punk back in the ring because it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily draw. You know, if you're buying a ticket to WrestleMania, you're probably buying a ticket to watch someone else. You're not buying a ticket to watch Seth Rollins versus CM Punk. What happened? Feud. I said I wouldn't even know how that would start to add fire to the feud. Well, dot com. Um, like Seth's tweet. Oh, 
Well, I don't, but I don't think Punk is. He's not. He's standing. He is. No. I don't see him going in that square circle. He's been out of it. I don't. I don't either. Um, they brought him back, and they brought him back because the money was right. And you know, if the money is right, you as a human being will take it. Um, if anyone out there says no, you're lying. Stop lying. You'll take it. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's what Seth Rollins needs to do. And I know, like, I rag on Seth Rollins, and the only reason why I do is because I know this guy could get better. But it doesn't seem he wants to get better. He seems like the corporate puppet that WWE needs and the one that will always listen and not do the things that he wants to do, the, the, the way that he wants to tell his stories. And that's what I get upset about. It's like you have, I know you have talent. I know you have potential, but you haven't even capped it out yet, man. Like, um, you're still like Super Saiyan 1. You haven't even reached Super Saiyan God yet. God, man. Wow. And, and yet then he wants to call out people to like fight. No, he needs to be off TV. Um, and that's as much as I'm saying on that. But if he gets off TV, comes back within maybe six months to a year as something different, with a different moveset, with a different feeling about him, then maybe he could get himself over. Because right now, it's like, um, yeah, you're not, you're not there. You're just, you know, everyone is booing you. Uh, everyone booed you for the wrong reasons. But you were the fall guy, and you decided to be the fall guy. So that's so you know that's half your fault for that, um, for that debacle at hell itself. So yeah, all right. I want to move on because I'm gonna keep on this subject for like a long time, <laughs> just because I'm like I could hey we could talk about this and how he can improve here and blah blah blah. But you know, uh, <laughs> what I want to get to is the new drama that's on. Uh, Twitter, and it's the whole Maru versus Corey Graves type of thing. I do not care if when people hear this that they think that I am heartless. I am not heartless. I just see things in a very logical way, um, and I just don't think that the tweet that um, Corey Graves had tweeted out. Um, during the NXT Survivor Series, the NXT War Games was not in direct route to Morrow at all. Uh, so, w- what do you know about it, Gio? Uh, I don't. I I saw his tweet. I didn't it, that it relates to Morrow. I just we have Hall of and we have a former. Ring of Honor wrestler slash announce. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was a personal attack. And then I hear uh, Morrow deletes his. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly sucks. what it is in a nutshell. Um, so I'm not going to bring up like any Twitter screenshots. Um, it's all over the place. Um, and... Today, Corey Graves, when he was doing the After the Bell podcast, he did apologize. It's an apology, guys. Um, it's an apology because you guys forced it upon him to like apologize when he did nothing wrong. And that's not me 
totally being on his side because I appreciate Maru. I love that he's in the business. I love that he calls matches. Um, it's just that, you know, I know mental health is a huge problem and I need to like choose my words carefully because sometimes I could just say things and you guys might not understand like why I would choose it that way. But if you guys watch the Nigel McGinnis documentary and, um, there's a scene where Nigel McGinnis and uh, Maru is there and, you know, they're talking and stuff like that. And you can hear it. You can hear that Maru likes to be a perfectionist. He wants to make sure that things go according to plan and that, you know, with the notes that they have, you know, that they're going over, everything should be flawless. Everything should be coming together. So automatically that tells you that he likes to be a perfectionist. And I'm not saying that his mental health issues um, is not well documented. I'm not taking that away from him, but scientifically as a human being, everybody knows this. You tend to hype yourself up for certain things. Um, whether you're a teenager and you're in high school and you know, your high school life depends on this one test and you get super nervous, right? So what does, how does that inflict on you to get super nervous? It's because people told, told you that if you fail, you won't be going to the next grade. So you automatically hype yourself up subconsciously to become nervous. And then sometimes that equals failure because people put into your brain, oh, you know, if you do this, this consequence will happen. Uh, the same thing when, you know, you become happy and you kind of overhype yourself. And then when the, um, the situation arises, you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Or what are some other situations, Gio, where like you hype yourself up? Um, this is going to be the best trip ever. And then doesn't become the best trip ever. Yeah. So like, you know, when you want to go on a trip with your friends or whatever, and then like, like, oh my God, we're going to do all these things in one day. And then all of a sudden, all you do is one thing and then that's it. You don't do anything else. So sometimes the human brain is so complicated and so complex that when you're trying, when you're a perfectionist, you kind of hype yourself up to tell yourself, do not fail, do not fail, do not fail. The moment that you think you're failing, the moment you think everything is a personal attack on you and nothing was personal in that tweet, he did not even mention him. It was just a simple, the second tweet was a simple criticism. The first tweet was letting everybody know out there in wrestling Twitter that Beth Phoenix is a WWE Hall of Famer and that Nigel McGinnis is a Ring of Honor legend. Sometimes the WWE fans do not do their research. They do not go watch other wrestling promotions and they have said it before. They've been WWE fans through and through. Therefore, that's why he said it. There was no moral indication of like Mauro you suck we all know Mauro doesn't suck Mauro is the best announcer that WWE has and I'm thankful for that however it cannot be one-sided it cannot be a witch hunt we guys we have to stop doing that we have to stop witch hunting stuff that makes no sense we have to stop looking for fights on Twitter with these wrestlers and these athletes because how are we going to grow? How are we going to change this business if all you guys do is, oh my God, that was so mean. That was so offensive. Oh my God, you got to stop tweeting. How about you stop tweeting? How about you get off of Twitter and like go do something positive in life? These guys don't need this. And I don't think that those tweets were the cause of Maru of... Morrow taking down his Twitter because you guys have to think about this long term. Corey and Morrow work in the same uh, company. Uh, 
they have worked side by side before. Um, so how does this one and a half tweets make Morrow delete his Twitter when we know in the past Morrow has episodes? How does this one make it the the straw that broke the camel's back for Morrow to delete his Twitter? And then you guys are like, Corey, you should apologize. Corey, that was wrong. Corey, you should have been a man and talked to him behind closed doors. Where in those tweets did he say that Maru wasn't doing a good job? Yeah, Maru does sort of like overshadow people and stuff like that. And if you have Beth Phoenix on the table, Beth is new to doing commentary. So she has to be comfortable with it. And you can tell when you hear her, she's not that comfortable with it. So if you have someone who loves this sport, has a huge passion and kind of like takes the reins over. Yeah, it's going to feel like it's overshadowing a WWE legend who's been a wrestler who's in the ring who has a lot more knowledge when it comes to the technical stuff and then you have Nigel Beginners being one of the best in the business so it's like he gets overshadowed too so it's like calm down it's cool I know you love the business I know you love the match right now but let the other two shine as well it's supposed to be a team it's not supposed to be a one-man army like Joey Styles Joey Styles is the only person that you know did it perfect and then on the on the flip side Maru for me, whenever I hear him do commentary, he does throw out so many pop culture references that I can't keep up. And sometimes that kind of distracts you from watching the match and feeling the emotions you're supposed to feel from the wrestlers. You know, um, he does a phenomenal job. I'm not saying that, you know, you should be picking sides or whatnot. I just think that wrestling Twitter looks for fights because they're bored in their lives and they have nothing better to do than to criticize and overly criticize certain people uh, that they don't agree with. And it's like, guys, grow up a little bit. You know, this is wrestling. Um, Social media is now created. So now feuds can be taken further and beyond on social media than it would have back in the day where there was no social media. And all you had to do was just watch the TV and then be glued to it. Um, Are both sides wrong? No. Both sides are not wrong. Corey is not wrong. Maru is not wrong. Maru just felt like he wanted to disconnect from social media. Let him disconnect from social media. Don't try to fight his battles. It's not your battle to fight. It's his battle to fight. The only thing you guys could probably do is be there for him and just be like, hey, Maru, you cool? You good? You know, we want you back. You know, I want him back. Um, So after all that, on Survivor Series, it was announced that uh, via, you know, Michael Cole was telling us that Mara blew out his voice. Now, everyone is like saying, oh my God, you know, that's not true, whatever, you know, that's bullshit. If you guys really paid attention to NXT War Games, Mara was losing his voice. You could tell he was losing his voice, so he might have needed a day to rest. Now, today is NXT. They said that, um, well, reports said that Mara did not come in so you know we're not going to see Morrow on the announcer's desk um and you know maybe he needed a second day off to heal his throat don't jump the gun when you don't know the facts and you don't know what's behind closed doors just because Corey Graves says something on Twitter does not mean that everyone can go and like try to get his head for it um it's totally wrong um I think that this was stupid it got blown way out of proportion but again you know when people are bored 
they blow things out of proportion. Like they might blow this out of proportion without trying to understand my logic behind both people and the scientific reason for why sometimes people, what happens when people overhype themselves and then, you know, it just feels like you did a really bad job. No one said he did a really bad job. Sometimes he has to pull back the reins so that way Morrow could be like an all-round commentator and stuff like that. Sometimes you have to let the beauty in the match sometimes speak for itself. If you're constantly on it 2,000 miles per hour, you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lose its specialness in the middle of all that. Um, I just think as a wrestling community, we should do better. Um, but yeah. Yes, we're not really kind on social media, especially Twitter. Very negative. It's uh-huh. always negative. Everybody's inside. Everybody, everything. Yeah, okay, we rant a little. Mm-hmm. Some are passionate. Some, we nitpick yeah. how we think. Because we all have our opinions about this. But when it comes to and tweets... They don't have um, expression. They don't have like sarcasm. They if don't. If you're reading the tweet, if you're reading, you're not gonna. Someone's joking. You're gonna think, you son of a gun. You just offended. You don't know because you're reading words, and words that doesn't have any form of jokes or expression. It's made to speculate and. Guess why did this person say this or this? Then it becomes a whole war, and then you wind up trending Mm -hmm. probably all the wrong reasons, or you said something that you didn't necessarily mean to say without really not thinking about hurting the person's feeling. You're just saying whatever you want to say, and sometimes when we say whatever we want to say, Twitter. We don't think about it. We just tweet how we feel. And sometimes that can be a place of anger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be a place of uh, whatever you're feeling. And Matt Hardy has said it best. The good thing about social media, everyone has a voice. The bad thing about social media, everyone has a voice. Um, just repeat the, the first line that you said that Matt Hardy said that the good thing about social media is what? Because it cut that oh. off. The good thing about social media, Matt Hardy says, everyone has a voice. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Um, the and bad thing. Yeah. That everyone has a voice. About, yes. So it's like, yeah, we use our voice. We can use our voice for good, our voice for bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we cross hairs with different uh, handlers or Twitter leads to crazy nonsense. It would be like, oh, well, this, that, and the third, like, I understand what you're saying, but have your views, my views, we all have our views. Really, all positive. Wrestling, we are not nice. We're just like, attack on attack. Yeah. How are we supposed to grow as fans of the business that we love if we're always attacking? each other yeah I how totally are we gonna that. show the wrestlings that we watch for it and sometimes yeah we are critical on the wrestlers product how are we gonna show them that we're not 
all like this. They all think you wrestling. Yeah, definitely. We give um, this possession. We give this possession to some of these wrestlers. Probably read our tweets and like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave this alone. You mm-hmm. guys are so. I guess the message and say, can we all support each other? Yeah, um, I would definitely love it if uh, we all try to support each other. Um, I miss the days where, like, you know, if you had a disagreement with somebody, it didn't mean the end of friendship. You know, it didn't mean that you were an asshole because you decided that you didn't like my opinion on something and we can't be friends. Like, come on. Um, We're all human. We should all be adults. We should all understand that, oh, well, you know, my perspective is not going to be the same thing as yours, Gio. But we're still friends, you know. Yeah. Um. Like, like I know you don't like the red lights. Yeah, I know. I but think it rem- <laughs> I think it kind of old school king. That's because I love old school king. But you know, I'm gonna Please ha- come I'm, back. I'm gonna have to like look that up because I don't remember that he came out with the red lights in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it's during like his entrance. Oh, um, I might have to look that up, but um, but see, like the 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 lights that the fiend have are so neon. That's what bothers me. If it wasn't like so neon and so like bright to where I have to squint a little just because my eyes are not used to it, then there's something wrong, you know. But if it was like regular lighting, sure, go ahead, but not neon lighting. That's that, that's what I don't like about it. It's the neon lights. So if they change the lighting. Mystical fog red light should be okay with it. it. Should be okay, but like you know, don't make it too foggy because then I can't see what happens, and then that's gonna be a funny story to tell on on, on the podcast. But um, I'm sure, if they do that, we we can we can what laugh about it. Oh that, yeah, you know, they, we could. <laughs> they, they probably heard the podcast. He took the idea with the fog. Yeah. Like, oh. Um. So aside from all of that, uh. I did want to talk about Jim Cornette very quickly, even though that's like a whole nother uh, podcast by itself. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, people get upset for the stupidest of reasons. Um, I'm not going to put Jim Cornette's face up here. I'm just going to put the NWA's logo up here because I was trying to find a picture of Jim Cornette. And I'm like, this is all fucking scary. It's not really scary. It's it's mad awkward. I'm like, no, I don't want I don't want this guy staring at me even though he's a cool dude. Now, yeah, I did say that he's a cool dude because uh back in the day when Ring of Honor was good and when I was in college, this was when I was in BMCC with you. Um I went to a Ring of Honor show. I this is before like my whole entire me not being shy. Like that that time wow. I was I was super shy, dude. It was so bad. Um, it was bad to the point where Ravage had to help me ask the questions because I met someone that like I truly enjoyed in the business. Um, and you guys might, you know, hate me, but I don't really care. Um, so I mean, what? starstruck, it happened. Yeah, I was, I was starstruck, but I'm just saying the whole thing of fans hating me because people hate on Jim Cornette, but they don't understand the dude. And he, I'm going to drop some, some knowledge for you guys to think about. So <clears throat> back to the story. Uh, I had asked him some questions about the wrestling business because I was doing a project uh, in speech class, you know, uh, 
that has had to involve wrestling because obviously I say it every time on this podcast that wrestling is my passion. So he gives me the answers. Um, I give it in, I give my speech, um, and you know, I get an A in the class. I got an A because of Jim Cornette and what he gave me. Um, I don't know if he's going to like, remember this, if he ever heard this, but if we ever meet, I'll probably tell him this anyway. Uh, so what you guys don't want to realize is that, yeah, Cornette says some shit that's like very frisky and he says some shit that like you're you're like dude come on man like be better right but underneath all the yelling and all the ne- underneath all the antagonizing and saying that you know this shouldn't be here that shouldn't be here you know I don't like comedic wrestlers I don't like short guys like you know Marco Stunt and stuff like that sometimes you have to think about it beyond that he knows that you guys can do better and he's pushing you. He's not, he's pushing you in his own way because he grew up different. He grew up in a different environment. He grew up in a different era. He didn't grow up in the nineties. He didn't grow up in the two thousands. He didn't definitely grow up in like now. Um, he grew up like really probably sixties. I don't know. I should have done some research, but he's, he's a very old man. Um, we're a very old way of thinking of completely old way of thinking that hasn't changed, but you know, he pushes people the way that he knows how. And the reason that you guys don't want to understand that is because you guys feel like it's an attack. Yes. It's an, it, it essentially is an attack, but he wants you guys to get better. Um, I just, I'm over Jim Cornette versus Joy Ryan on, on Twitter. I'm so over that. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring up Jim Cornette is because I really thought that even though he made a stupid ass joke that did not involve like racism in it, only because when we throw the word racism and racist around, it's losing its meaning. I don't know what it means anymore. And don't tell me to read a book. Don't tell me to go back to the history books because I already know. I know about it. And I may not have lived the experience, but, you know, I understand by going to school. I went to school. But when we start saying A through Z is all racist stuff, like, what exactly is it when we try to bring up this conversation and try to knock it out? You know, everyone always says we shouldn't, you know, think about the past. We should try to get over it. We should try to get go beyond racism. But you guys keep pulling it back because if you hear a stupid ass joke that Jim Cornette said that didn't really have any malice to it, didn't have any deep root into it, he just rehashed an 80s joke in 2019, you know, you guys want to jump on him for that and then call it racist. And my one question to everybody, including you, Gio, when did chicken become racist? Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe chicken itself is usually stereotyped among African black because a joke would be like, well, you know, black folks, you guys love your chicken because, you know, holidays is coming up, Thanksgiving, like that. So, yes, it's like, it's like the thing with like a, Chicken, watermelon, and whatnot. So, 
Uh, I'm I'm not meaning to put you on the spot, just so you know. It's just I know, uh, I know. yeah, I just want to have a conversation about it. I I think it's mostly because commonly black people, not maybe not all. Um, we love our the the joke is we love our chicken. Uh-huh. We like eating our chicken, fried chicken. Maybe some people like bake, but it comes around that. Especially probably from like the southern, oh yeah, mm-hmm. down the south, because they like cook like collard greens and uh, yeah, yeah, chicken and things like that. So I believe it comes from that, and I think use in that way. You know, when you go to like restaurant, some you order like and pork fried rice. Yeah, you're breaking up again. Do I have to repeat any? Um, I don't. I mean, I did. What you said about the pork fried rice? Oh, like mostly like if you go to like Chinese restaurants, some will order chicken and pork fried rice. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, it's mostly like kind of like that. So I'm just probably touch on jokes that were used in the 80s, 60s, 70s. You try to do that in 2018, that will not fly. Everything how the world is. You can't say certain jokes because you're a f- someone. And then it's like, if a comedian wants to say something oh. and they want to use a joke, they can't because someone within that crowd might feel a f- But it's not like the comedian personally attack people yeah. in the crowd trying to say their joke. If you say the joke, you're offending someone. But this was okay back in the days, but because society has evolved and changed, now we have to be careful with how we say things. Yeah. Um... It's... The world is a very tricky topic. You can't say certain jokes. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that uh, that tricky. And people shouldn't like um, try to put a stop to like fun stuff. Even though like some some jokes, you're just like, oh my god, that's so stupid. Don't say a joke again. You know, it would have been like that. Um, Now I wanted to put it into perspective because even though you're like completely right that yeah it kind of does stem from the whole fact of like you know I'm going to use the word group you know these people ate it but um I love fried chicken um and I'm Puerto Rican Italian you know Puerto Ricans Spanish people love their chicken so you know does it make it racist for them to eat chicken if they're not of the you know part of the community um, and also, you know, being, if you're from the South and if that's all you had access to, which was like chicken and, and watermelon and collard greens and all this kind of stuff that you guys made, like, why should that be offensive? You should take pride in the food that you eat. Um, you know, it's food for you to survive. Um, if you don't want to survive, then don't eat, you know? Um that joke was taken out of context for, for what Jim Cornette said. I, you know, I didn't hear it 
because when he said it, it was super, super, super fast. But someone had to um, write it down on Twitter so that people can read it. And it was really stupid. It was so stupid. It's like, Jim, stop stop telling jokes, man. I don't know if you could tell a good joke. Just, just stop telling jokes. That was stupid. Um, but it did not really target anybody to make it seem like it was racist. It was just a stupid joke said at the wrong time. Because I don't understand how that joke worked in the storytelling of Trevor Murdoch versus Nick Nick Aldis. I don't understand how that worked. That's just like, dude, you should have either tried a different joke or not said anything at all. Or um, I don't remember the guy's name that he used to do commentary with. Um, or he could have said something to distract it from. But it's just to put into perspective that food, no matter where it comes from, and no matter who eats the most of it, it should not be a racist thing. It should just be a survival thing. Um, people like their fried chicken. People like their tacos. Um, you know, we get tacos from Mexico. That's not racist. Um, we get food from, that, from food. What happened? It's not, but that could be turned. It could be turned into it. But then again, the, the meaning of racism and racism has lost any type of value uh, to actually use it. So that's why I don't understand. And then people like witch hunt overnight to the fact that they made NWA have Jim Cornette resign because the so-called fans were saying, I'm never going to watch it again. You know, you just lost a viewer. Well, if you have to go out of your way to say you lost a viewer, I'm never watching this again. You were never a fan. And you were never going to support NWA the way that NWA should be supported because no one else is backing NWA. NWA don't have big bucks like, you know, the cons backing AEW or Vince backing WWE or TNA, whoever TNA has now, you know, or, you know, the Sinclair broadcast having Ring of Honor. Like, I don't know who's backing NWA to have them back on here. Like, you can see how their production is. Like, no one is really backing them. So if you're going to tweet out a million times that, like, if you guys don't do anything about the Jim Cornette situation that you're never going to watch, well, you were never a fan. And we don't need you. We really don't. Uh, and I'm not saying that, like, all of professional wrestling should be positive no matter what. You know, you got to have the bad to have the good. But if you're just going to sit behind your keyboard and, you know, not get over something that wasn't even substantial, um, then you weren't a fan. You just want to complain. You just want to look for a fight. That's what wrestling Twitter does. They all want to look for a fight where, like, they don't need to. Um Focus on trying to have the product better. Focus on, you know, trying to make the wrestling community more inviting. Try making, you know, yourself a better version of yourself rather than going online, antagonizing people for for little tiny things, not even big things. But then again, in the world of political news, if there's no huge scandal happening, you got to pick on the small things. Um, I just didn't feel like, that was the right call the NWA made and they made a huge mistake even if they had to listen to a bunch of fans who are not watching because no one is tweeting about NWA right now. Uh, no one is saying that, you know, NWA is great and stuff like that. I'm not seeing that on my timeline. Everyone that complained to get Jim Cornette off are not there. Where are they? Where are the people that complain about like the tiniest of things? They're nowhere to be found. 
So I just think that sometimes companies need to have a thicker skin and not let social media dictate wrong decisions. Um, you know, they they were going to stand strong, but they really didn't do it um, because they were really afraid that, you know, they were going to lose all their viewers and everything. And it's like, there's other ways for you to guys get the viewers back. You know, there's other avenues where you could go and get like stream revenue and stuff like that. Just talk to a streamer. Talk to me. Be fine. You know, I would love to work for go the NWA. What happened? So go on D-Live. They could go on D-Live. They could, but they don't know anything about that. I don't even, I haven't even mentioned any other thing, but uh, TNA is doing really well on, well, I don't know if they're doing really well. But, uh, oh no, wait, are they on Twitch? You have like, you have the Mexican promotion on Twitch. I know that. So like, you know, they're on there and I think TNA has streamed on Twitch. Either way, the point of this conversation about Jim Cornette is that you guys take things way too out of hand. It was a stupid ass joke. You should have just got over it. It was not that big of a deal because he only said it once. If he alluded to it again in the show, then the, yeah, it's, it's a problem. But because he said it once, no big deal. Get over it. You know. Focus on the match at hand, which was uh, Trevor Murdoch versus um, Nick Aldis. But then again, you guys have to remember that people grew up in different eras. People don't think like you. You guys are forcing older generations to think like you guys. And that's kind of wrong. And that's why you guys are having the backlash. And you guys don't want to accept the reason the, that reason why you're having the backlash. Everything takes time. Nothing happens overnight. And this was just a loss to NWA. Because I enjoyed his commentary and shit. But whatever. Hopefully we get to see him back. Luckily, you guys did not have him lose that much money because he still gets money from his merchandise. But the fact that you guys had a man, a human being, no matter what he did in the past, no matter what he said in the past, you had a human being lose his job, have him step down from his job. That is a form of bullying. Go ahead, Gio. Gio? I'm pretty sure he... Oh. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. When you look at it that way, it probably is a form of bullying. That was, like, how he was getting his... Uh, one of his ways of how he was getting his uh, money was commentating on NWA. And he has ties to the original uh, I just want to step in for a second, uh, guys. If you didn't hear that, um, I totally agree with with Gio. Uh, Jim Cornette does have ties to the original NWA. Go ahead. The original. He made a comment. Was it the best comment? Could make? No. Probably could have said something different. But Jim Cornette, you know, the guy says. Whatever he feels like, you know. Yeah, that's totally right. Um, so that's all I wanted to say about that. We're going to quickly wrap up with uh, AEW closing out the uh, podcast here. Um, just because... Um, where, 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 where... Uh, All right, you know what? Let me just take out the, the photo. It'll be fine. Um, 
All right, so for the last part um, of this is AEW Dynamite. This is the uh, November 20th show where they were in, in Indianapolis. Um, to open the show, um, it is Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix had his singles match not too long ago. Uh, Nick Jackson hasn't had a singles match in about four years. Uh, this match was great. Um, they read each other like it was a script that they read many, 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 many times. And they all had beautiful moves, and obviously there was a lot of spots, but it's totally cool. Um, Ray Phoenix uh, does the cutter on the floor to Nick Jackson, and then Nick does the Canadian Destroyer onto him. And then Ray Phoenix pulls out that, um, I guess, that muscle buster that he uh, turns around and hits it. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that was like his finisher. So I like the fact that we were able to see Ray Phoenix uh, fight on his own rather than always be in the tag team with Pentagon Jr. And the same thing with Nick. Um, I know Nick did like a, a quick Q&A on Twitter. Um, and I think he said that uh, he may not think of challenging. I mean, he may not think of like ever having a singles run, you know, obviously anytime soon, but I don't think he wants a singles run. Um, our winner is Ray Phoenix. That was a 20 minute minute match. And then Phoenix does not want to shake Nick's hand after Nick was like, oh, that was a good match. Uh, your thoughts on the match? Enjoyed it. Seeing him score off. My first time seeing Jackson wrestle uh, in singles competition because I used to tagging up with his brother, Matt. Yeah. It was nice to see uh was it Pentagon that what did um Nick Russell? Uh what was the question? Who did Nick Russell? He ne- he wrestled Ray Phoenix because Pentagon oh, was Ray in Phoenix. the uh battle royale. That's right. That, uh it was Ray, I seen I think I've seen him wrestle his brother maybe once. I've seen a oh. single match. Um this is not in uh the what? Those two square off. Oh. And major league. Right? Oh, and uh, yeah, in MLW. Yeah, I think I've seen those two square off. Yeah. Once. But um, I enjoyed the match. It really was nice. Um, and then from there, we actually have a women's match. Um, on the main show, which is Britt Baker versus uh Sheeta. Um, this one was actually good. It was a really nice uh, battle. Uh, just remember here, keep it con- keep in mind, guys, the context that this is the tw- uh, November 20th show. This isn't uh, today's show. So um, obviously after this, Britt went down to Florida and was at NXT uh, to cheer on her boyfriend, Adam Cole. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, Sheeta did an old school move where she poked uh Breaker in the uh the eyes and then Sheeta won. Um I was surprised that Sheeta won. I thought that they were gonna give the win to Britt Baker only because I think that they want to build Britt Brit Breaker up. Um just so that she could eventually face again for the women's uh title. Um but how did you think about this match? Um I enjoyed it because we got to see some women action. Second, mm-hmm. it's the second match. Surprised that Britt lost. I thought that she would win. But yeah. I think now that she has a loss, it kind of puts her down on the women's ranking. I'm not exactly... Um, I think it probably does. The, 
yeah, I'm not exactly sure how strong the women's is. Mm-hmm. But it might, I guess, the more you uh get your wins and you have losses determined, you fight for that. Unless she gets another win. Or yeah. Something. But I heard that um the raking the uh company will be restarted next. Yeah. So yeah, um in January that's when all the rankings are gonna be restarted. Um you guys should definitely follow Twitter. Well I guys you guys know you guys do follow Twitter and whenever they do the Q and A. Um so aside from that we have the Dark Order promo. I do not want to join the Dark Order. And that's all I have to say about that. But um, I do want to thank, uh, you know, a- AEW for uh, doing these little vignettes because I really didn't know who the Dark Order was. But I'm not, I'm not joining. I'm okay. I got purpose. Um, that was that supposed to be something dark. It felt like it was like you need a vacation. Come to the. Um, dude, ah. you know, you know, that's how all cults start, right? They try to, they try to hook you with, you need your vacation, but in reality, you're joining, you know, something darker and deeper and something I beyond mean, yourself. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting that to be like, happy. Happy? Huh. But that's how they get you. I mean, dude, if they show yeah. you something dreary and dark, you're not going to join. You're going to join if you see palm trees. I mean, yeah, but I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting to see like I don't know if that's the act face of the dark. Mm. It's like, oh, I thought they were just, but we've never seen this before with them. No, so it was um nice to see where they're going with this, and maybe we'll see more of these wacky vacations as. Yeah. So, but am I interested in joining the dark order? Not really. I'm interested in seeing what you guys do. How the whole, hey, you put this mask on, you'll be one of us. No, but, I don't want to be a creeper. I don't want to. I don't want to build a seat for you. I'm good. I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but we already talked about you. Know, yeah, we did. Um. So the next but, um, one, what? Um. I'm, I'm not for me. What happened? I'm past. Uh. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> the next next up is the Battle Royale. It's called the Diamond Dozen, um, where we had 12 people compete. So we had Hangman, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Kip Saban, um, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, Pentagon Jr., Sunny Kiss, Joy Janela, MJF, and Billy Gunn. Uh, they were fighting for a chance to get a $43,000 ring. Think of it like a football ring. I don't know why this is happening. Um, I'm not interested in the ring. I'm more interested in the fight. Um, it was a quick battle royale where people got eliminated. And then the last two, uh, it came down to Hangman and MJF. That means that today, um, they were going to be fighting to see who gets the ring. Um, neither of these guys need to get a ring, but, um, I'm just interested for the match. That is why I care just for the match. Your thoughts. I understand the concept of fighting. I did not know it cost that much. Yeah. Probably missed that info. But uh, 
now that you you totally cut out what I said now that you told me it's a ring when the football super and not like a champ no it's not like a championship ring I mean like you could think of it like a championship ring because it's uh professional wrestling but like to get the idea it's like getting a football thing because like they're Every one of those guys are like big football fans, so like Cody wanted to do it. It's a it's a Cody thing. Um, I get it. Yeah. Did he have like a, a, a like a yeah ring at one time? Ring of Honor. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. Do something. Yeah, that was a Ring of Honor oh, yeah. ring. So think about it like that too, if you want to, guys. Um, I'll see how the match. I mean, I don't need to. Yeah, feud, definitely. But, um. That was different. Yeah. I'll look forward to the but as thoughts of Battle Royal. Um, let me see the match and see how it Wait, you didn't watch the Battle Royal? No, I did. Oh, okay. But I'm okay. Like, like the whole concept. Oh, I knew. mean I wasn't it I got, wasn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could tell you one thing that like it got rushed. Like it just got thrown together. It was like, yeah, we made this ring. And we're going to have a battle royal for it. And then that was it. It was just like, what? what? All right, fine, whatever, you know. And that's not that's not me blindly going uh, with whatever AEW does. It's just that I'm here for the matches because I believe in the matches. And they haven't let me down yet when it comes to a match. So whatever gimmick stuff they want to do, I don't care. I'll go with it. I just want to see the match because I could get dream matches hooked up in AEW faster than WWE. So that's why I complain about WWE and I really don't complain about AEW, but that doesn't mean AEW is that is always not at fault. You know, there's like tiny little things that they do that are not going to be perfect, but am I going to be upset that they have a 43,000 ring given to whoever wins between hangman and MJF? No, I want to see how MJF works with hangman page in the ring because I don't think they fully, you know, fought each other. That's why I am invested in AEW because of the match quality. All right. That's exactly. Oh, what? Oh, really it's just a match. Yeah. Um, I was going um, what? Yeah. So the next thing is that uh, Jericho comes out with his announcement. He's going to have a celebration. We need Kevin Owens there. We know we're not going to get Kevin Owens. Uh, but but I, I had tweeted that to him. I was like, I was like, we need Kevin Owens there. Um, but he didn't say anything back to me. But uh, yeah, Jericho announced that he's going to have a celebration, meaning today. And then SCU comes out. And SCU is all like, you know, uh, just talking to him and stuff like that. And then that's when the match for tonight goes down for uh, Scorpio Sky versus uh, Chris Jericho which uh, it's pretty cool. People on Twitter are like, I don't get it. I don't understand why they're doing this. If we're going to do the whole rankings thing, we have to stay true to the rankings where like Scorpio Sky got a pin over Chris Jericho. Of all people, Scorpio Sky gets the pin. You know, um, why shouldn't he get a title shot? Just to see if he can hang. Like, I'm excited for that. And he... And he what? He pinned the champion. Yeah, he did. And technically, if you pin the champion, you, you somehow get a opportunity, at least considered. Yeah. So he got the guy champion. Well, Jericho made the championship. 
about that second. Yeah, definitely. So we go to our next match, which is uh, Peter Avalon versus Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus wins. Peter Avalon is on his losing streak. That's all you need to know. Uh, the next yep. tag match is uh, Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. This match was slow as hell. Slow. Uh, God, I was like, are we still wrestling? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I usually never do that, but it's like, oh, come on, guys. You guys should have picked up the pace. Um, they did that whole uh, upside-down exchange where, like, you know, they got the guy up in the air before they bring him down for a, um, like, a like a suplex and whatnot. Like, that was like, come on, dude. You're going to kill the guy. All his blood is rushing to his head. The other thing that I will criticize, because I know people want to hear some criticism, um, the referees need to stop doing that stop counting for three, even though private party won, they were supposed to win. The match could have ended, you know, like 10 minutes ago before getting to the actual, the actual, actual finish. It still would have been okay, but they got to stop doing that. That, that whole false three really, you see, yeah. One, two, three. Why didn't the bell ring? Yeah, um, especially in that angle and the way that it happened with this uh, tag team match, it wasn't a good look. Um, the other times you could hide it and it feels like a really good look, but for this tag team, it was just really, 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 really bad. Um, but anyway, uh, Private Party wins for that one, and then Sammy comes out to like attack Nick, and then Dustin comes out and um, helps out Nick and Private Party. Dustin is mad cool. Um, and then we switch to Kenny Omega having a doing a promo against Pac, and I'm like, "All right, bro, that's that's cool." Um, I like how he's going back to like the main source that uh kind of uh got him started to be on the wrong path, um, where he's not in the right mindset. So you know, I like that. But Pac is so angry and mean that I'm like, "Don't get hurt again, Kenny. Really, don't get hurt." Um. And then we go on to the main event of John Marks John Moxley versus uh, Darby Allen. Darby Allen would not have survived in WWE. Darby Allen would have been just a footnote if he ever signed with WWE because this guy is super creative. Uh, who in the history of professional wrestling will come out with a freaking body bag that has Mox written on it, and then his entrance is that same body bag, and he gets out of it. Um, he put up a good fight against Moxley, but um, in the end, it was way too much for Darby to handle. So Moxley is your winner. Um, it was very clear that obviously there's there are two different sizes. Uh, Moxley is way more heavier than Darby Allen. Darby is like so light that you know he could be thrown around and do whatever. But um, it just shows you the heart and passion that they're willing to try to make things work um, and try to get a crowd reaction to it. Um, I was, I think that there should be like a part two. There should be more build up, just not too quickly, just plant the seeds and let that happen. But, um, that's the end of AEW. Uh, Gio, you want to add anything? Um, Darby's good. He's really good. A very different wrestler, especially when you're skating to the, or you, you're in body bag yeah bring yourself out of the body bag in the body bag yeah the phenom used to put he used to come in with like a casket sometimes 
That shit was scared of shit. Yeah. I honestly don't like caskets. I'm not a fan of uh. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. Here. All right. Because I thought you were gonna. Yeah, I, I, I was waiting for you to finish with. I'm not a fan of caskets either. All I heard was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm like, Geo. <laughs> yeah, of um, caskets. I'm not a fan of caskets. So that was everything that we ever talked about. Um, this is like and then some. Yeah. Um, this is two hours and like thirty minutes of us talking. But this is what happens when you're passionate about something and then all you read on Twitter is just stupid shit. I'm just going to say it, you know, um, this isn't me trying to get heat. This isn't me trying to get people to listen to the podcast because, you know, I call out wrestling Twitter in general. This is things that I feel that should be addressed and 140 characters do not work to get it addressed. If you guys, you know, don't like what I have to say, by all means, you could comment on our YouTube channel. You could comment. Um, you could leave a voice message on Anchor, uh, and I will definitely listen to it. And if it's worthy enough, it might come into the podcast. Uh, we are growing the same way that every other podcast is growing. We just have our opinions and stuff like that. Um, I'm very active on Twitter and read a lot of things that are just like, you don't get it. This person doesn't get it. This person doesn't want to get it. And then, you know, I was so happy that at one point um, AEW was doing their Tuesday rounds of making of using the hashtag I'm with AEW. So all I saw was a wall of positivity of like why people are with AEW. And I totally get why they were with AEW. And I was in those discussions and stuff like that. But um, I highly thank you guys for listening for two hours and 30 minutes of me ranting about the business, about things that I don't like and how things can change. And I hope that you guys can join us in the next episode. Again, this is the Square Circle Podcast hosted by Marie Shadows, joined by Gio. Epic is still playing Dead by Daylight. He's going to know that I'm shouting him out because uh, I will tell him because uh, I think yep. the fans, I think the fans miss Epic and stuff like that. Um, but again, without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So make sure to like, subscribe, share it and everything like that. And just support us on all major podcasting channels. Um, Gio, any last words? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll see you guys. Episode nine. Have a great thing. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, guys.